welcome to the Clemson Foothills Church Podcast. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. Turn over in your Bibles uh, to uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. You know, it's, it's funny, um, just sitting around talking about different things, whether it's really hard things, um, really fun things, really neat things, <laughs> potential things that we're just like cultivating gratitude. It's so amazing how it just changes every part of our, our mindset, right? And it, um, it just always baffles me, right? Because my, my nature is, man, I can find stuff that's wrong and I can worry about things that are wrong or that are going to go wrong or something like that. And none of those things ever make me feel better, <laughs> right? I never worry and then go, wow, that really made my day all better today. But gratitude seems to just, it's like, it's like the caffeine of our spiritual life, right? It just like perks you up. Uh, but anyway, um, let's pray. I want to take a minute. Um, and uh, again, let's pray where we are, just in silence with God. Let's really ask him, talk to him. We're going to read his word. Um, and... Um, and hopefully we anticipate as we read God's word to sometimes be disturbed by his word. That's a good thing, okay? I don't mean in a bad way. I don't mean like, oh, man, is it, what's going on here, okay? But this idea of, man, challenging us. We're not perfect. We're flawed. We've got places to grow, lots of them, right? And so um, let's pray. I would encourage you just ask God to, man, disturb our hearts, And give us courage to repent, too, where we need to as we read. So let's go ahead and and pray, and then I will uh, close that out. So go ahead and pray. Father, we pray uh, today that your will is done. We pray that for every day, every minute, Father. We want that in our lives. We we want that in the world. We we want uh, you to come back and for your kingdom to be completely established, God. But I pray that that your kingdom, it'll be like that here, Father. I pray that we can proclaim your kingdom. We can proclaim you as king, Father, and not in a weird way, but in a great way and in a thankful way and in an exciting way, Father. And I pray that your Holy Spirit softens our hearts, God, that you're asking us to do things that we can't just like make happen by our own will. Uh, Father, so we trust that you will soften our hearts, God, that you will inspire us where we need to. And you'll, you'll let us hear exactly what we need to hear in order to find freedom and find you, God. And we love you. Thank you for your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so, um, man, talk about going back and forth. You know, we've actually been doing like the entire year this series on By Faith. And uh, we're going to jump back into 1 Peter. We're going to make our way right through the book of 1 Peter. Um, And again, just as a reminder, what a better way than uh, to read the writings of a man who may have had some of the lowest lows in in the ministry of Jesus and some of the highest highs, right? Is, Is, you know, can you think of a guy that denied Jesus 
and the guy that walked on water. I mean, those are two polar opposite ends of the spectrum, right, of the highs and the lows. And he's writing this letter here. And I'll bet you anything by the time he's, he's, he's an older guy as he writes this letter, you know, I'll bet you he's learned a ton about how to be faithful. And you know what? Sometimes we oversimplify faith, right? Oh, it's just simple. Just think differently or do something differently or go and behave a different way or something like that. And Peter does a great job because he teaches us how to like cultivate and nurture faith. Like that it's not just this one little thing we get, right? But it's this thing that this this idea that grows and matures with us. And to think, okay, man, how do we cultivate faith? So where I am right now, God can help me be different tomorrow or this afternoon or next week, right? Of really thinking in, in terms of growth. So we're going to read a couple things, just an alert here, okay, in 1 Peter 2. You may have not read 1 Peter 2 or 1 Peter 3 because there are, there are some words in there. And they're trigger words, right? You know what a trigger word is? What's a trigger word? Something that, like, what, what would be one that, that, that you would... Okay, so you just gave it away right there. So I, I really do need to brag on the college students because they have a head start here. Is We've been talking about the concept of submission for about a month now. I mean, and here's what I love about how they handle that is submit in any case is a trigger word. It can, it can churn some things up that are just, you know, out of this world like anger or resentment or, you know, whatever it is. And, man, they have been the poster children for digging into hard concepts and going, let's look into this for real. And I may not like what I hear, but let's, like, navigate this and figure out how we're going to please God, okay? So they've got a little bit of a head start. Um, but if you need help navigating this, go talk to a campus student, okay? They will help you out for sure. Um, but we're going to talk about this. And the reason why, here's what we're not going to do. Um, and I, maybe I'm just like projecting this onto you because I do it at times, right? Is I read a hard part of scripture and I think, let me preach on what that doesn't mean. Or let me talk to my friend about what this doesn't mean. Right, have you ever done that before? Like there's a hard part of scripture, you're like, oh, but don't, no, 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 no. Listen, before you think anything, right? And what I want you to do is, no, I want every ounce of what you're thinking, I want you to go through that, okay? You got to work through all the hard stuff of this because this is real. I mean, Jesus would not have let it in his Bible. And this is a big teaching of Jesus himself here, okay? So we're going to read this. Submit is not the only word, I guarantee you, in this section that we're going to read, okay? That, that you will go, what? Okay, please don't just run out, okay? Let, just wait a little bit, okay? First Peter 2, verse uh, 11. Um, we're going to go ahead right here. Dear friends, I urge you as strangers and temporary residents to abstain from fleshly desires that war against you. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that in a case where they speak against you as those who do what is evil, they will, by observing your good works, glorify God on the day of visitation. Submit to every human authority because of the Lord, whether to emperor as the supreme authority or to governors as those sent out by him to punish those who do what is evil and to praise those who do what is good. For it is God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. As God's slaves live as free people, 
But do not use your freedom as a way to conceal evil. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Household slaves, submit with all fear to your masters, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the cruel. For it brings favor if mindful of God's will, someone endures grief from suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if you sin or punish and you endure it? But when you do what is good and suffer, if you endure it, this brings favor with God. For you were called to this because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. He didn't commit sin. No deceit was found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he didn't revile in return. When he was suffering, he didn't threaten. But he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He bore himself, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that having died to sin, we might live for righteousness. You've been healed by his wounds, for you were like sheep going astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd and the guardian of your souls. Uh, in the same way, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that even if some disobey the Christian message, they may be won over without a message by the way their wives live. When they observe your pure, reverent lives, your beauty should not consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold ornaments or fine clothes. Instead, it should consist of what is inside the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very valuable in God's eyes. For in the past, the holy women who put their hope in God beautified themselves in this way, submitting to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham calling him Lord. You have become her children when you do what is good and are not frightened by anything alarming. Husbands, in the same way, live with your wives with an understanding of their weaker nature, yet showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. Right. Need a second? <laughs> right? We need a second. Here's, here's why. Um, you know, when we're talking about faith, it's not simple. Oh, well, let me put it this way. It is simple. It's not easy. It is simple. It's not easy, though, right? Um, the Bible's disturbing at times. Is there any way that you could use this as an oppressive means of using the Scripture? Of course. That's how it's been used oftentimes. That's why oftentimes there's such an emotional response towards it, because it's like, no, we will not look at this. Uh, but quite often... Many of the teachings of the early church fathers, Jesus, um, have been used oppressively. It's been like that through history, okay? Um, let me just share with you how oftentimes when, when I respond to something like this, I want to be like about justice. Like, I'm going to make sure that this never happens again, so we're never going to talk about this, right? And then I have to remember, hold on a minute, because men used it wrong doesn't mean Jesus wasn't teaching it for freedom and love okay and we've got to have the courage to like dig in what did jesus want us to understand what was he meaning was he just this you know this guy that didn't like people and just wanted to keep them under his thumb and all that kind of stuff well it sure doesn't seem like it huh that sure doesn't fit his nature of a of a man who came to free us right um, I don't probably even have to ask this, but what's the other trigger word that you had in there? Half the crowd in there probably has heard it, and the other half is like, huh? <laughs> what's he talking about? 
<laughs> yeah, weaker nature. Yeah, yeah. Boy, that's 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 stunning, right? Yariel's like Keith. I'm gonna tell you. Okay. Um, here, here's the interesting thing. Let me take it. Let me start by by hitting the pressure relief valve just a little bit. Okay. First Corinthians one. First Corinthians one twenty-five. This is the greatest thing in the world. Because remember, let, let's be wise here. The goal of this isn't to figure out a wife, a husband, me, my roommate. This story is about God. Don't, do not lose sight of that, okay? Because we can get caught up in ourselves and going, hold on a minute. God's greatest weakness in 1 Corinthians 1 is stronger than man's greatest strength. I you to think about that. Okay. That right there has just called everyone out. You're weak, <laughs> all right, compared to who? God, why does that matter? That's all that matters, okay? Let's move on a little bit further, okay? Our own culture, as much as it may even be offensive when we get our feelings hurt, agrees with this statement, okay? There's the NBA and the WNBA. There's that women boxers don't fight men boxers, right? In sports, it's clearly this is the case. Now, what isn't the case? is saying, you mean that every woman couldn't, like, stand up to a man? That's not, that's not even the point, all right? That, that's where we have to, like, back off and go, hold on a minute. Let me not be offended by this. This is actually true. I mean, it's actually true that, like, if somebody were to go, Keith, you're slow. You're a slow runner. Man, that's so offensive. You mean there's someone faster than me? <laughs> Seriously, think about that for a second because we really do. We've got to fight through being quickly offended, as well, okay? Because what it's not saying here is, is a, this isn't an evaluation of character, integrity, will, any of those things. Or strength, right? Strength is even subjective here. Okay? It's not, man, you're incapable. But here's the thing is, you want to know what's interesting? Back in the first century, think about how much more real this was than even today. If a woman was divorced, she, she had nothing. She could not, you know, be a testify in court. All right. She had no nothing. All right. That's why they had to be given a, a certificate of divorce, because the, if, if a man divorced his wife, she was finished, like done. All right. And so it was this idea to them. It was like, OK, that's not offensive. That's like actually teaching men how to honor their wives. It's like, listen, you want to know what? You could really do something significantly harmful. Why? Because you're you're making the money and you divorce your wife and now she's destitute. And, and on top of that, she's shamed in her whole community, right? And so I just wanted to stop there just for a second because it's not just, truthfully, it's not even just ladies that can get offended by that. Sometimes guys can go, heck no, don't talk about girls that way and all that kind of stuff. I'm going, listen, it's subjective, right? I mean, even if we were to line up everybody by physical strength in the whole world, where would you land on that spectrum, do you think? Right? I mean, let's not fool ourselves and go, no, man, I, I would be strong. And, and don't get me wrong, man. Uh, you know, if, if you really want to be accurate about this, uh, man, there, there are some girls in here that could beat up some of you guys. So, you know, and you know it, Patrick. <laughs> but anyway, I did want to just, again, to look at this and go, you know, we can skip past this really skip past this and just become so hardened um, by this instead of going, you want to know what? You know what's a really good thing 
is for me to learn resilience for me because you know it's not just ladies there's lots of things in here for guys too and and i know i need to learn to become less offense less offended right i'm going okay let me back off what's really being said here and it really isn't even anything negative it's not derogatory it can be used that way though for sure but we want to read it at face value so don't know if that helps at all but we definitely don't want to like shy away from this and guys here's the other thing okay here you want to fascinating about this um show them honor as co-heirs right okay so it's interesting is even when he talks about like the value of humanity he says you're co-heirs of the grace okay so that your prayers won't be hindered that's fascinating to me like i wonder you know as a married man your prayers can be hindered by not honoring your wife isn't that amazing uh, that's pretty stunning right there, right? You think about it, you're like, oh my goodness, wow. I mean, this actually like, there's some spiritual principle here as a husband, right? Because the guys could be sitting here going, yeah, you know what, this, I'm really glad this isn't talking about me. It just raised the bar for married men, right? So anyway, listen, we got to look into this stuff. And here's what I will tell you. I know if this really just like that got under my skin and it makes me so angry, listen, we're going to keep talking, just talk about it, okay? Don't, don't just like stuff it and hate people, particularly me, okay? <laughs> just so you know. Um, but anyway, so um, we're going down here. He says this. Peter says, here's, here's part of cultivating faith. Right? right up here in verse 11, he says, remember your strangers, your temporary residents here. All right, that's a huge deal for Peter. That's a huge deal is, man, I'm not an American. I'm not, I'm not, you know, whatever my ethnicity. I'm not that. I am a temporary resident as a disciple of Jesus. Temporary resident here. He says, and here's what I want you to do. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles. That's a word we, I don't know, that we use a lot, right? With honor. All right, the honor, can, can you imagine? I mean, when you think of the word honor or somebody having great honor, what, what descriptors come into your mind? I mean, are there people that you think of? Are there a lot of times, you know, is it, is it a, a, a somebody public or, you know, that you think, man, that, that's honorable. Like, they live with honor. How do you describe that? What do you think of when you think of somebody, a person of honor? Mm-hmm. It's someone with integrity. Okay. Like they're willing to do, to really be the same in private, in public. What they say is what they mean. They're straightforward. Right, yeah, okay, that's a person of honor, sure. Yeah, like trustworthy, like, man, even if it's going to cost me something, trustworthy. Right, yeah. Um, the first thing I think is that they had to earn, earn it. Like, hmm. I don't think of anybody that is honorable as someone who is just like, given like mm-hmm. this right. title or yeah like there would be there would never be someone that i'm like oh yeah they were just born with honor mm-hmm. like, no, like you have to earn that. right it had to well it had to be maybe maybe cultivate grown right i mean we had it it's a it's a thing that any of us sitting here we would go wow we fall short in some areas but that doesn't mean we can't grow into be people of honor right but yeah that's exactly right it isn't just bestowed on you at birth right what else do you think of hayes Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely, man. Sacrifice for a greater cause. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. I think of just um, someone who treats, um, who loves their neighbor as themselves, who looks past, you know, money or skin mm-hmm. color or you know, yeah. status in life, but just, yeah. you know, anybody. Yeah. Isn't it somebody, they have, a, they have a higher purpose in their life and they know it, right? It's, it's like, I'm not getting caught up in all the riffraff down here. I like have my eyes and this is what has to happen. And Jesus says, this is, this is what he's telling us, that every single one of us, he says, conduct yourselves honorably, right? What does that mean? There's this one section that we can keep like bouncing towards. It's going to really, really help us here is verse 21 through verse 25. So as you're reading this, you can bounce right over there because here's what he's doing. Here's what Peter's saying. He's going, I'm going to describe to you how Jesus actually did this. And he did it for me and you. He did it for us, even in all of our flaws and everything. Is You want to know what? No, He said he didn't commit sin. Wow. (laughs) No deceit was found in his mouth, okay? We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Um, You know, a lot of times we think lying is for kids. Then we think we get older and we're like, well, I don't lie anymore. All right. But deceit, making someone think something different. Maybe it's like how I describe something. He says, Jesus never did that. There was, he wasn't deceptive to people. He wasn't deceitful. When he was reviled, he didn't revile in return. So, man, when he was provoked, when the guards and everybody were coming up, he didn't jump back in okay i mean is this starting to reach into our human nature of of revenge at all okay can you think of somebody popping your head right now that you're like i would love to get back at them right maybe i don't know maybe y'all are just like the purest of pure you know and you can't think of that but if something came up and we're we're going no no this is what's honorable is jesus to go i'm taking this and i'm not going to give it back that's a man of honor He didn't threaten. He bore his sins in his body on tree. He died. He sacrificed himself for a greater cause so that we might live for righteousness. So we're going to keep bouncing to that, right? So he says to this, conduct yourselves honorably so that in a case where they speak against you, as those who do what is evil, they will, be, uh, they will by observing your good works, glorify God on the day of visitation. Okay. So he's saying there's going to be people that say things. Don't give them any opportunity for it to be true, right? In fact, for them to see your life and to realize, man, this isn't their, their people of honor, okay? But it says, submit to every human authority because of the Lord, okay? The greatest authority he talked about here was the emperor, okay? Tell me anything you know about the Roman emperor in the first century. There's more than one, okay? But at this particular time, and then they didn't get better after this, all right? Well, anything you know? Boy, this is this right here. You want to talk about, you know, anytime we think we got a bad in politics, you go back to the Roman Empire, man, and it is like they did what? Right? Wow. Go ahead. What do you got? Yeah, actually, the emperor over time became God, right? And you had to pledge your allegiance to him. Wow, that's a tough one, right? What else do you know about the Roman emperor? Um, I know there was one of them that like, had this big garden, and to like, the night sometimes, 
sometimes he would take Christians and crucify them and just like light them up. So yeah, so Nero, I'm pretty sure was that Nero? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Nero had this really odd way of like persecuting people. I mean, he was a, just a terrible terrible guy, right? But I mean, there was some really ridiculous persecution. I mean, these were you know, what else do you know about some of the Roman emperors in the first century? Anything else? Yeah. I know a lot of them lived really impure lives. Yeah. You know, yeah. even like I don't know, just reading recently about like Roman emperors that had like children. Ten year old lovers and things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. I mean so it would go even further than that is, is they would have children who were their kind of like pleasurable toys to play with and then they would throw them off the cliff when they were done with them. Can you imagine that? I mean, really, you think about the humanity of that, you're going, what are you thinking? All right? Submit yourself to every human authority? What? How hard, could you imagine being a Christian in the first century going, are you kidding me? Wow, man. And it goes on though, is here's the interesting thing is, is he's saying that it's God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. As God's slaves live as free people, but don't use your freedom as a way to conceal evil. Okay? This is kind of the crux of the matter. I, I think, you know, what's safe to say is that if the Roman emperor, this, what this doesn't mean is if he was like, hey, you know what y'all need to go do is y'all need to go and, and participate in these immoral acts and stuff like that. That's not what he's saying in this case. Okay, But it's very similar to us today. Um, we can be unsubmissive to worldly rulers today. right? Um, and sometimes we can use our freedom to conceal evil. Right? Oftentimes it's how we say or act towards somebody, right? So let's use just, I don't, again, I don't know what your political side of the spectrum is, man. I mean, whether you're conservative or you're on the, you're on the right side or the left side or this or that, I'm kind of like, I, hopefully you, you can't figure out what I am, I hope, to a certain degree, right? But it's this idea because we've got to kind of get rid of our political affiliations. But how do we speak about our political authorities today right do you ever feel like man i've just got to get my say in i've just got to have my two cents about whatever and and we feel like but i'm free to do that yes you're you're free to do that and i'm free to do that all right but here's where the faith comes in is going man really like jesus you don't want me to like go out there and blast all of the hypocrisy in politics you don't want me to go out there like essentially fighting fire with fire? And Jesus said, go jump back to verse 23. He didn't. What better way? If that's what he wanted was for the church to rise up and like go after the government. All right. Why didn't he do it on the cross? <laughs> I mean, he could do it. He could have wiped everything out. All oppression brought all justice. All right? And this is hard because there is a ton of deep-seated opinion that we marry to the Christian gospel when it comes to politics. That we feel like, and now here's the thing is, here's, if you want a little bit of encouragement from Peter here, remember, go back up here to verse 11. He says, I urge you as strangers and temporary residents, 
abstain from fleshly desires that war against you, okay? There are opinions stirring up inside of us that are warring against us. And we've got to go, hold on a minute. Is what I'm about to say going to honor God? Because here's what I'm not going to do is micromanage. Like, what are the statements we can and can't say? But you've got to sit in front of Jesus and go, okay, Jesus, so you, you're, the example was you were on the cross and people were spitting on you and making fun of you and embarrassing you and treating you horrible and treating your friends horribly and all this kind of stuff. And you literally, you did not say a peep. We would not respect that in our society today. We would feel like he, man, he chickened out. Chickened out, man. You had your opportunity. Dude, you're up on the cross in front of everybody. This was your opportunity and your stage. We would have said, dude, you take advantage of that as your pulpit. And he said, man, I'm going to keep quiet and I'm going to submit myself to human authorities. Why? Me and you. He said, there's something greater. My people coming to me. There's something greater here. So we've got to be able to go. Let me sit in front of the cross of Jesus and evaluate what I say and how I say it about authority. That's hard. That's hard to do. Because oftentimes, you know what's a great principle, James 1? Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Boy, that is an honorable thing to do. That is an honorable thing to do. Okay. It doesn't mean apathy about social issues. This is not what he's talking about. This isn't about being apathetic. In fact, he's being more like uh, progressive. He's being more like activist in what he's doing by not saying anything than anything else he could have done. In terms of flipping the tables on justice and oppression and how people are treated, right? And so remember, we're being called to follow Jesus, and that should shake us up because what we're saying is, Jesus, if you're my king, it doesn't matter how I think you should do it. It's not a democracy. He doesn't have me as his vice king. He's saying, this is how y'all will do it, all right? And there's only one method that I can enter into that is faith. Is go, okay, I don't know how I feel about that, but I'll trust you. If you said it, I will trust you. And there are things that war inside of us because we want to speak out. And we want to be angry. And we want to vent. And we use that. Oftentimes our freedom can conceal evil. We use our freedom to, to speak to conceal our hatred for people. All right? And going, that cannot be with God's people. Do you see how opposite this is than the rest of the world? Even the evangelical Christian world doesn't follow this. All right? It's a whole political wing of its own. Right? Of hate and fear and all that kind of stuff going, no, that is not honorable. We know what's honorable. Right? Is everything that wars within me, I look at my king and what did he do? And you want to know what? I'm not saying a peep until I'm positive this is going to honor God. I'm not going to type nothing into Facebook until I know this is going to honor God. You don't get extra points by hating people just because they don't agree with you. That's really important, okay? Sometimes we think our... I mean, I, read, I had to stop reading Facebook because I'm like, wow, I am so tired of Christians getting on there and they look like the world. They don't look like temporary residents. They're worried about this world. 
And we're going, hold on a minute. Peter said, listen, if you want to walk by faith, you're not even in this world. It, listen, remove yourself from the worries of that world. We're following a different king, right? And he says this. He says, he says ultimately what it brings, you silence the ignorance of foolish people. He says, that's what honor will do. And it's going to bring honor to God. And he goes on to the next one. He says, you want to know what? Household slaves submit with fear to your masters. Not only the good and gentle, but also to the cruel. For it brings favor. If mindful of God's will, someone endures grief from suffering unjustly. Do you ever want the favor of God? You ever thought about that? Like, that's okay to want. Like, I, God, I want your favor. He says, you want to know what? When you stand up honorably under unjust suffering, that brings favor from God. Now, I don't even know what that looks like. Like specifically, like it's not a material thing. Right? It's a spiritual thing. But have you ever thought about that? Is that, wow, you want to know what? Have you ever wanted to make an argument and you were so angry because, and you were right? Right? It was just right or wrong what you were going to talk about. And then it becomes, here's what we're talking about. And, and there may even be somebody that's getting on you and treating you horribly. And you're going, Arr! all right? And he's saying, here's the deal is, that's where the rubber meets the road of the kingship of Jesus. It's going, I don't, God, everything in me tells me not to trust you. Everything in me tells me this is wrong. Okay, you want to know what? I don't know how you did it. You kept quiet on the cross. I'm not saying anything until I know it will honor you. I won't say anything until I know it's not about me purging my hate and purging my revenge. I'm going to not say anything until I am absolutely certain I am not jumping into some foolishness in this world. All right? Is this hard? Isn't it hard? I mean, this is, this, here's why it's difficult. Because this stirs up every passion inside of us, right? Everything about us because we're going, no, my rights are what matters more than anything. We live in a country that says that. But don't forget right up here in verse 16 is God's slaves. Remember that? He reminds us, he says, listen, there's a whole lot of things we are with God. He's, Jesus said, now I call you friend. I'm a teacher. He says, Don't forget this, though. He's the king, and we are his servants. Okay. And when he says, guys, trust me, this is how it needs to be done. Okay. As much as we would think that it would be cool, Jesus on the cross just all of a sudden lashing out and, and shooting laser beams into the Roman soldiers and all that kind of stuff, and that was going to glorify God. He says, no, you want to know what was the power? silence and continue what he was called to do right so here's what i want you to think about as a disciple what are we called to do what do we know for sure jesus is calling us to do and be every second of every day to everyone ambassadors, ambassadors right and so it's this idea of oh man i'm representative of jesus to the world right what else does he say as a disciple, because here's the thing is, is if something's warring against us, we better have something to go, hold on a minute. Uh, 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 no, no, no. I'm not that. I'm this. Okay. I'm an ambassador. What else? Yeah. Oh, boy. Love who, though? Just love people who love you, right? Jesus said that, didn't he? He said just love people who love you. 
<laughs> Jesus, this is the part that should disturb us. Jesus said, he actually discounted loving people who love you. He's like, that's simple. He's like, the worst people in the world do that, right? I mean, murderers do that. Rapists do that. They love people who love them. He said, here's the challenge, right? Love people who are your enemy. Boy, that is radical. But here's what happens. The war that's going on against our flesh on the inside is like, I'll love my enemy, but I'm going to let them know somehow. I don't like them. I'm going to let you know. I'm going to follow the legalistic law. I love you. But I love you. Don't come around me. Don't, I'm never going to give you. I'm never. Man, I am seething. But okay, what's the password? I love you. Okay, yeah, that's right. I've got it. Okay, good. I'm not going to hell now. You know, it's like, no, actually, love your enemy. Boy, that should shake us up to the very depths because again this goes back to um, politically, socially wow man, think of the issues you're most passionate about the ones you're sure you're on the right side of and Jesus is essentially saying stop okay Um, so was he just saying hey don't worry about all that stuff you know what his better way was he had a better way and you know what unfortunately even in our passion we don't trust his better way you know what his better way was go and make disciples of all nations that was his better way and we're we fight against going out and like sharing our faith with people we're like ah oh, it's so weird oh, and we remember studying the bible with people and it's so judgmental and all this kind of stuff going man you, you know what's funny is is Man, if everybody did that and was to help one person become a disciple, all of Christianity doubles, right? All of a sudden, you have twice as many people that are going, Jesus is Lord. I don't treat people this way, right? Jesus is Lord. I don't go along with this. I don't even have to raise my voice. You know, here's one of the things that's interesting. I brought this up in our men's class yesterday, okay? You want to talk about just social change from Christianity? If you want to hear something really crazy, if those in America who claimed to be Christians stopped right now surfing pornography, the adult industry would collapse. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) If Christians alone stopped, the industry would go away. Wow, that's, can you imagine eradicating a industry of oppression and slavery by following Jesus? And you're going, wow, is that possible? It's expected. (laughs) All right. The, listen, if you're an activist, you should be the most zealous disciple in the world and going, Jesus, I'm doing it your way. How? The more people that make you Lord, the better this is going to be. That's it. It's not yelling. It's not screaming. It's not posting. It's not all that. It's sitting down and studying the Bible and helping people surrender to being a disciple of Jesus. That's his better way. But it's not an easier way, right? It's easier to to allow our freedom to conceal hatred and anger and bitterness. And, and quite honestly, we look down our nose at people, even bad folks, right? I mean, we, uh, have you ever read that scripture? You know, we've read it where the Pharisees like, oh, thank God I'm not like that guy. All right. You all know what chances are, whatever issue we're passionate about, that's what we're saying about the people where, thank God I'm not like them. They're ignorant, right? We're doing the same thing, right? This should like, wow, man. 
This is one of those tough ones that you can't just go, man, I'm changing just like that. This is, this is a call to something higher. This is a call to honor, right? He says, conduct yourselves honorably in your speech, right? Here's, this is crazy, all right? Turn over to 2 Peter chapter 2. It's like Peter didn't have enough to say here, okay? 2 Peter chapter 2. I want to tell you this. When it comes to speaking, and this challenges the fire out of me right here, okay? Because I have found just over really the last six or seven months how easy it is for me to just call a name to somebody I don't like. Oh, they're an idiot. Oh, that's a fool. That's, that, I've noted, I'm like, why am I doing this? It's not towards my friends. It's towards, I'm like, dude, you're a dummy. You're a whatever. Either I'm saying it in my head or I'm saying it out loud. Second Peter 2, uh, verse 10, okay, is, uh, well, he describes these, these, these folks here, okay? Um, let's say, um, he talks about this right, right at the end of verse 10 right here. Um, bold and arrogant people, he calls them. He says, they don't tremble when they blaspheme the glorious ones, okay? So they're saying, man, there are people that just kind of spout off even against like spiritual things. He says, there's people, they don't even tremble. But then he says this, however, angels who are greater in might and power do not bring a slanderous charge against them before the Lord. Right? An angel who has more authority says, I'm not, I'm not going to the Lord with a slanderous thought or a slanderous accusation. Boy, isn't that amazing? Right? Um, you go back to Matthew 5, um, anyone who calls their brother fool will be what? What's that tidy little like ending to that story? In danger of the fires of hell. <laughs> think about that and that's saying man that's you think that about your brothers isn't it easy to just go hate that guy jerk doesn't know what he's talking about just these 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 slanderousness towards our brothers towards our enemies we can't obey god if we're doing it towards our enemies right this, this is tough right here because i've had to think hold on a minute i fear i've had to learn this do I fear God enough to not call his creation something derogatory? Do I fear God enough to not slander one of his children he died for? Do I fear God enough for that? Wow, man. I mean, that is like shaking my world right there, okay? And it's all going back to this idea in 1 Peter 2 of submit to human authorities. Submit to your, if you're a household slave. What, what about, you know what, here's the thing about this. If you've been a student or you are a student, you ever said this? Man, my teacher's stupid. And now the teachers are going, really? If, y'all raise your hand who said that. The teachers are like, I'm going to get you now. Liz is like, let's go. Uh, have you ever said that like a professor in college? Oh, that guy, he, he doesn't even know what he's talking about. He's an idiot. Nobody has, okay, because I'm the only one, okay? Uh, but here's the thing about it is, is, um, you know what? Do you honor him or her as an authority? Right? You know, and you're going, hold on a minute. What's Jesus' problems here? He starts us out even with children. From the beginning, he says, children, obey your parents. No ifs, ands, or buts. Children, oh, why? Because this is part of a big picture of sanctifying us. 
of helping us learn. You want to know what? How easy, kids, you can say this, how fun and easy is it to obey mom and dad? Are you like, awesome. William's like, no, it doesn't feel good, okay? It doesn't feel good. Sean, you're still living at home. How's it feel, man, to obey mom and dad? Right, 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 right. But you know what? All of us know how that feels, right? All of us know we're like, oh, I wanted to argue and fight. And you want to know what? As kids, parents are told, listen, we've got to teach our kids this because our kids are going to lash out back. And we've got to start teaching them. Hold on a minute. Honor authority. Obey your parents. Right? Oh, man, that's so hard. But it's teaching us how to make Jesus Lord. Because you know what? Isn't there some things that Jesus tells us to do that we're going, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't, that's not my plans. All right? Well, it's this training process. And it's this idea of him preparing us. Because, you know, it'd be great. Could you imagine going to heaven one day and going, hey, where's the comment box? Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know you're... Yeah, 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 you're in charge, but I mean, seriously, man, like, like the no sun thing and it's still light all the time, I'm trying to get some sleep, right? Do you have any, like, dark out shutters? Do you have any, you know, there's no comment, box. it's like everyone, you're at your most free, completely surrendered to the greatest authority. That's what we're learning. That's why this is hard. That's why you don't know this is even hard, because even as disciples, you can be thinking, how can I get around this and still not going to hell? How can I flaunt against authority and talk how I want to talk against my boss and my teachers and my brothers and the people that I don't like and, and, and call them names and tell stories to make other people not like them? How can I do all that stuff and still get to be with Jesus one day? If you figure that out, I mean, that's amazing <laughs> because it's the complete opposite of submitting to Jesus as Lord, right? That's the complete opposite. In fact, there's, you cannot do that. If you are, if that's how you're living, here's what I'm going to say is, is make a stop, like stop right here and go, man, I need to decide if I'm even a disciple. Is Jesus even my Lord? All right. Listen, that can be changed, but it, you very well, it could be a surprising thing. I going, no, I don't do any of this stuff. I don't think about it. I don't like it. I don't want to do it and I'm not going to do it. Okay. But we have to be honest about what that is. That's not a Christian. That's very important to keep in mind, right? Um, so we go on, and this is one of those sections you're like, okay, Keith, where's the joke? Where's the punchline, <laughs> right? When are you going to let us off the hook? There's no hook to be let off of. It's just like we're here. And again, going back, anytime I get like riled up and going, you know what, though? Jesus went first. Jesus, it was the toughest. I don't have to do any. Here's the thing is, is, is as passionate as we can be in the world about justice oftentimes, Okay, how do you think Jesus feels as the guy going, I, I died for this world? How heartbroken. And again, Jesus could make it all go away like that. Except he says, my people are down there. But they have to talk. They have to love me to the point that it comes out. They have to be bold enough to sit down and challenge people scripturally. This doesn't mean, you know, not having a voice in some social issue doesn't mean like some pathetic little daisy that just falls over. It's like, but you want to know what? I can be a person of honor and we study the Bible and I can show you the good news of Jesus. 
and I can help you find fulfilling life, right? That's, that's what he's saying to us. He could stop it, but he's, my people are down there, and they can do this because I'm in them, right? Whew, man, oh, man. This is heavy stuff, right? Last thing right here, okay? What's the purpose of all this? Well, in verse 12 of chapter 2, it says God is going to be glorified when he comes back. Isn't that a cool thing? Isn't that awesome? And it, when it comes back, it says the people that we're all persecuting are going to go, that dude is awesome. Okay, God is glorified. It brings favor with God. You know what's funny? In, in submission, it says that women beautified themselves with submission. Isn't that crazy? I mean, this, that's like a huge industry in America. How do I become more beautiful? God said this way. I bet you that works for guys' submission, too. <laughs> okay, I don't think it's just a woman thing. All right? But he says, this is what women did. This is... And here's the verse 21. Have you ever asked yourself, what am I, what's my calling? It's like a big one. Am I called to the ministry? What's my calling professionally? What's my calling? We, and that's like one of those things. I just want to know my calling. Okay. He says, you were called to this, <laughs> to suffer for in the hands of unjust people. All right? Isn't that awesome? Amen. Let's sing a happy song. Let's go, right? But he says, what's my calling? He says to follow the example of Jesus. That's the answer to everything. That's what we're called to do is go, man, that's my calling. I've found my calling. Now let me get out there, right, and stir it up a little bit, right? He left an example. I hope, I hope this disturbs you as much as it does me. <laughs> I'm telling you, you know. If there's a violent tendency in you, don't come at me, okay? I'm going to have Riley come over and defend me, okay? But seriously, uh, my, in my experience, some of the most powerfully freeing parts of the Bible are the ones that Satan has twisted the most. I really firmly believe that. I think Satan allows us to do all kinds of stuff that he's perfectly happy with. And I think the ones that free us up the most that free us up to make Jesus Lord the absolute most, I think has been twisted more than anything else. Okay, so let's remember, remember when Paul wrote, our, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the spiritual forces of this other world. It's against something we can't see. It's a warring against um, evil versus good. And we have to remember that as we honor God. 